Man, I tell you what, I believe we got a great word uh, today. And, you know, I taught this last week or began this last week. And if you got your Bibles, uh, you can turn to, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we'll just review a little bit. But uh, I, I said, uh, I, I gave it the title, God Goes With You. And I guess we'll go God Goes With You part two. You know, thinking about that that uh, that last song, the Word of God being the light in our path, the, the the Word of God uh, being there for us to guide and direct us. You know, uh, yesterday was a busy day for me. Uh, doing two funerals, uh, one at eleven and one at one thirty, and we were here uh, uh, to do George Ann's Ford's funeral uh, at one thirty and minister to their family. And so, you know, it was a day where I needed the Lord with me. I mean, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning yesterday morning, and I couldn't. You know, I couldn't get back to sleep because I was thinking about all the logistics of making all those things happen. And, and Friday had all day spent uh, just getting all everybody emailed and everything together and all those things. And, and you know, for me as a minister, if I don't have God going with me, I, I don't try to do things uh, in, a, in, a, in a, I mean, I need God to do what I do. And so, but you know what? That's not uh, just specific to me as a minister. That's to us as believers, as, as people of God, as those who rely on that word of God to, to lead and guide and direct us. And so we need to know that God goes with us. And I, I know that's an obvious statement. That's an obvious thing. But yet I need to be reminded sometimes because I don't know, I'm just uh, fairly. Um, the type of person just kind of just takes hold of things and just does them and sometimes don't take time to ask or, time, you know, for help or, or sometimes I did call and fortunately I called, uh, uh, well, Clint got in, in on setting up the chairs over here. I, I remembered Saturday night at like 630 uh, or yes. Friday night, six about six six o'clock or six thirty, and I was still working on uh, things for these two funerals. And and uh, you say, well, why'd you wait so long? <laughs> okay, well, anyway. <laughs> But the reason it was just getting done till then, but I, I, I forgot about that we, I, I didn't line up having somebody take care of that. And so I was getting ready to just drive up here. And I live 15 miles or so away. So, you know, 20, 20 minute drive or so to drive up here and then drive back. And, and all of that adds up. And, and uh, I was willing to do that. It's not that big a deal. But it was like, that's one more thing. And I thought, who can I call? But I feel terrible about calling and asking somebody to fix something I forgot. Now, but then I called Cody because I'm not worried about, uh, you know, calling him. Well, he was out of town. He was gone. And so uh, uh, another gentleman had asked to offer to do it, but he had offered to do it during the day. Uh, but I didn't know he'd offered to do it. I just felt bad. I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to ask for help. And, uh, but yet I didn't want to have to drive up here and spend an hour of time, an hour and a half of time or whatever. So uh, I called Cody and I said, can you do this? He said, no, I'm out of town, but I'll call Clint. And I said, awesome. Clint's got boys. He's got helpers. He's got, he can run up here and he can do that. He lives a lot closer than I do. Or, and so fortunately, he was able to come up and set up for the funeral. But, you know, those are types of things that we can sometimes, that's an example of how we get bullheaded just wanting to do it ourselves instead of relying on the help that God has given us. 
You know, God is there for us to walk us through those things. But so many times we want to just do it in our, of ourselves rather than learn to. And, and that's why some learn to rely on God. That's, I think, some why, why some people consider being a Christian uh, and relying on God as a crutch or a weakness. To me, it's, it's, it's kind of like having a resource but not using it, having uh, something available to you and not taking advantage of it. I always use the illustration of, of a phone. You know, uh, I've had new phones when, as they've progressed, and and you get a new model or you get a new new phone, and and uh, uh, learning. That's about the only thing I, I like to read a manual on. I really do not like. I like to allow other people to read a manual on a new something and then tell me how to do it. I I don't want to have to, I'm not that detailed person that wants to read that manual, but on my phone, I'll read my manual because the the worst thing I hate, the thing I hate worse is, is to have something available and not be able to take advantage of it. See, we have the spirit of God in us. God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He said that in Deuteronomy 31, eight, He's talking to the children of Israel. They're the leadership of the children of Israel. And he said, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be with you. But you know what? When Just because God's with us, He's not forcing His will upon us. He's not forcing His way upon us. We need to, we need to be, be willing to take those steps to yield to Him and to take advantage of or learn how to take advantage of, of Him being with us. See, in the midst of the, of the battle that is our life, we need to remember that, that everything we face, we're not alone. Sometimes it may feel like we're alone. Sometimes it may feel like you're the only one battling this thing, but God is with us. And so we want to remember those things. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I think I used my uh, New King James last week. I'll use my uh, NIV today, but 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul is dealing with them in the in at the church in the church there at Corinth and and he's he's teaching them he's talking to them but this carries on to us as well and he says in uh, verse 3 for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does you know sometimes uh, you know we we uh, have to Remember to just allow God to be God and God to work in our circumstances, our situations. Sometimes we feel like we have, because God, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think God's kind of slow. Now, before you think, oh, you're, you know, saying something bad about God. No, I mean, I'm saying that's how it feels. That's the way I, that's the way I think. And I, God's not, obviously. God has his own time. He has his own, he has his own rhythm. I, I, he has his own pace. You know, there's something about learning how to get into God's pace that helps us. I've had to learn how to do that, to stay in pace with God, to to walk in His time. And you know, that's why James said to have patience and let it have its perfect work, that you'd be complete lacking nothing, is because that allows me to stay in a pace with God to where I don't, I'm okay with Him being slow. If He's slow, it means I'm I'm in His time. Because I don't know about you, I've forced some things before. <laughs> I've I've made some things happen. We can we can we can make some things happen. We can we can push till things happen. And sometimes when those things happen, then we wonder why isn't this as good as I thought it'd be? Why why is this still work? Why is this still trouble? See if we stay in God's pace. He says, though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. See where that's relating to to the the battles that we face in life. You know, there's a lot of different 
kinds of battles. You know, the, the election or the, the coronavirus first took over and, and it became everybody's focus. Then, then it's the election and now it's back to the corona and, and, or whatever they call COVID and, and uh, the, the, the virus. You know, there's, there's all these different challenges, things that we face. And yet, you know what I realize? That depending on what's going on in your life, those may not have the importance to you. For those who are bearing a loved one, that's a secondary thing. It's a complication to everything, but it's a secondary thing. When, when you're in the midst of a, 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 of a battle where your family is concerned or, or in some of these other things, there's times whenever that, it, that has such a... Uh, uh, the, the things that are affecting and everybody else is paying attention to in, in your world, in, your day, in, in what you're facing, your war, your battle, the struggles that we're in may be an entirely different thing. But one of the things that this verse does is it points the, the warfare or the, 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 the war we wage, it, it points it instead of to people and to physical things, to things spiritual. Now, I'm not one who just ties, you know, a demon to everything. I mean, there's those who, who you, you can make that things about that that might be overboard. But always understand we serve a God who's spirit. We serve a spiritual God, and we need to interact with Him in ways that are spirit. In fact, we're like Him, created in His image and likeness. We are a spirit, have a, a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. We live in a body. We're, we're, we're a spiritual being. You know, what's going to live on in eternity? We, our, our spirit. And so we need to understand that we wage war, war, and we're not talking about physical fighting, but those, through those prayers and that spiritual warfare, we do it different. We do things different than what the world would do. Now he goes on, he says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, they have divide, divine power to demolish, to, to demolish strongholds, and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So there's a lot to unpack in this verse, in these verses. But, but one of the things that we want to understand is he points us to the spiritual battle. Now, how do we wage or what are the weapons that are, that are spiritual? Taking the Word of God and praying according to God's will is, is one. Understanding or recognizing where the where the war is, is is one effective thing that's important that we understand what that where that battle is to take place. And we also understand that the first thing that we need to take control of is us. Notice he said down there in, in the end, now and he's talking about conflict within the church and things like this, if you take it within that context. But it doesn't separate from the fact that we in our homes or in our families or in our workplace or in our own mind that there's not these things going on as well. Notice he says, take captive every thought to make it obedient, obedient to Christ. And he says, be ready to punish every act of disobedience. And note that last statement, once your obedience is complete. In other words, he's saying, make sure and work on you first. You know, we could, we could start the whole process by, by just making sure we get that in place. Make sure we work on us first. You know, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time working on 
others. <laughs> you know, what did G Jesus related the story. He said, you know, what are you trying to get the speck out of the other person's eye when you got a beam in your own? He says, get your, get your own stuff together first and then, and then work on others. And so he brings that back to, to understanding that make sure yours is complete first. But, but the, one of the key points in this is that the battle happens in the, we see it happening in the physical realm, things that we're dealing with, often conflict or people issues, maybe financial issues, maybe concerns and worries that we see in our government or, or other things outside. But he says that, uh, but it's won and lost in our minds as we allow those things to lead us, direct us, and consume us, and cause us to do things that are outside of God's plan and His purpose and His will. So I think it's important that we take the Word of God and uh, because He says the weapons of our warfare are not from the world, but they're, they're uh, divine power. But notice in verse 4 He says that demolishes strongholds. So he's talking about where those strongholds established are in our minds. So the, the direction or the point was going from focusing on all the things that are out there that we're battling against to, to coming to the place of our mind and an understanding that those thoughts, those fears, those worries, those uh, jealousies, those envies, those, those sins, those, all those things that come against us, where they're first affected or effective is in our mind and where we first need to get them taken, taken control of and brought into captivity is in our mind obedient to Christ. So how do we do that? Uh, the biggest thing that we got to do uh, to pull down those arguments is take the truth. See, because what arguments is he talking about? The arguments that come against, he, he said it right there, the knowledge of God. So what do we got to ask ourselves in the, in the midst of these struggles that we may have is what is the argument that's coming against me and what does God say about it? So we can bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ by taking the Word of God that is the truth. So we, we consider all those things when, when we're looking at the, the, the battle that's out before us, the things that we face out before us. You know, uh, it, it's amazing how many things that we have uh, coming against us on an everyday basis. You know, you, you've got all the different things from, you know, from the virus. You got things from the complications of the, of the virus. You got, uh, you know, you, you, there's all these different levels of, of that. Then you got the things with the election and all the uh, different possibilities there. Then you just, then it comes down to your everyday life. What is going on in your family? What is going on in your finances? What is going on in, in, in the, the things around you? And so when all those things are coming against us, or all those things are before us to have to deal with, the way that we can best handle those things is understand that, that we, we serve a God whose spirit who is with us. We serve a God who, who is there for us to lead and guide us, and we can take the weapons that He's provided to, to uh, guard our heart and our mind, to direct our steps, and we talked about that a little bit last week, and so I want to move move forward from that. And looking at looking at this from an example, the example of Joshua chapter one, and Joshua chapter one gives us an example of how to keep our thoughts captive, 
and, and bring the Word of God into uh, our situation so that we can settle on something that's stable and consistent. You know, one of the things that, that the enemy loves to do is he loves to come against us with all these different... Uh, well, Ephesians chapter 6, he, taught, he called them flaming arrows. He, taught, he called them the, 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 the shield of faith will absorb or, or quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, the, the enemy coming against us. Well, what are, we, what are we bombarded with all the time, all these negative things or these different things to say that we can't or say that the things that oppose the things of God? And, and Joshua was, was a good example of how God used His Word to transform and change somebody and prepare them to move forward in victory. You know, this, the, he's getting ready to go into physical battles. He's getting ready to face physical enemies. We face different kinds of enemies, different kinds of challenges, but, but when you align these things and use this as an example, we can see, and we'll look at it in a little more detail in, uh, as we go along here, but he, he comes at Joshua, and, or to Joshua, and he says, now you're going to take the place of Moses. You're going to step in where Moses had led the people of, of Israel for these past uh, three decades plus, Four, four decades plus, and here is, and brought them out of Egypt. But verse 1, after the, Mo, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all this people are, are ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place you set your foot, and as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, and to the Mediterranean Sea of the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead this people into the inheritance of the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, we, we, we talked about this last week, how that painted a picture on the inside of, of Joshua exactly according to what God had promised. You see, because uh, Joshua was going to have to lead this people. He was going to have to do something. But he, one of the, the, the keys that relates to us is this, is he was getting ready to do something he'd never done that in and of himself he was unable to do. See, whenever we think about the, the, the age that we live in, the time frame we live in, I, because of the, this world and things we face, most of us are on a regular and weekly basis. We're facing things that we've never faced before. We're at a new season of life. We're, we're seeing uh, for the first time you're, you're, you're single. I mean, where some of you who have just lost loved ones, for the first time you're, you're on your own. Uh, some of you are for the first time you've, you've added another kid or are about to add another child in your, in your home. I remember going from one child and thinking, holy cow, how can I love another kid? How's there room for me to love another kid? I got one. It's overwhelming. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. How, how are we going to do this? 
And yet, then, then when we got that one and we figured all that out, and we, then we had the third one, and it was like, and then we decided to have one more five years after the first three, you know, and, and it was like, really? Are we really going to do this? And, and we're like, how do we do this? At each stage of life, how do we do this? But here's the thing, whatever we're facing, God is with us. See, we can, we can look at the, the next year of, of 2021. Everybody's saying, oh, I just want 2020 to be over. Well, I don't know that January 1, all things are going to be okay, okay, as far as this world's concerned. But the one thing I know is, is that with each season and with each uh, uh, new day, there's new opportunity because where, when we are going forward, we got God with us. See, He says uh, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know, I, I use the illustration of sometimes I feel like that God's slow or behind. Or it's like, come on, God, hurry up. I don't actually say that, but I think it. God's okay with us being honest. Some of you would never. I know you're so holy. You would never challenge God in His timing, right? But sometimes I, I just, I'm just like, God, I want it now. I mean, God, can't you see this needs to happen now? I mean, I, I, just, just where little things are concerned and big things. It's like, God, why didn't it happen now? Why didn't it happen this way? I, I can help you out, God. Here's exactly what needs to happen. It'll all be good. But see, here's the thing. we got to understand that even though God promised them and told them, everywhere your foot will tread, I'm giving you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You're going to lead these people into this promised land. Joshua still had to step into that. He still had to walk forward into that. He still had to be willing to trust in that. And there still had to be a battle fought. At least one that they had to show up for. I mean, God did the fighting for them, but they had to show up for it. And what did they have to do? They had to do it God's way. Whew, sometimes I just, you know, I mean, just, just God, let me just decide everything. Well, see, God doesn't, doesn't always do things exactly the way we think is best. But what we learn to do is trust God in, in everything that, Lord, it's working to my good. Now, I do believe that, that we have a, an ability to learn God's will, to pray God's will, to speak God's will, and to affect those things, but it's never independent of what God's plan purpose is. It's just that we just, we're just seeking what, what is that. But see, what God was doing in this and how this relates to us is that He was preparing Joshua for something, to move forward into something that he'd never done and, and even though Joshua had been right there with Moses all the way through everything, like I said last week, it's easy to be number two, the second guy, and say, golly, you know, why didn't the boss do this? You know, this is easy. Why, 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 if I were boss, Ed, you, you, your guys, I guarantee you, they're out there saying, well, if I was boss, I'd, I'd, I'd do it. Why does he do that? <laughs> Everybody can sit back in, in, that, in that position and say, what? I, this is this I, this is what I do, but I tell you what, those of you who have went from that place to number to, to number one, or or now owning your own business or whatever it be, you, you've said, "Oh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was." There's a lot of things that I didn't realize. You know, I, I heard a guy say one time, said, "Yeah, it's awesome to be boss because you only got to work half the day. It's twelve hours <laughs> every day." You know, actually, it's more than that, isn't it, guys? But you know, that that's the thing. It's easy. Oh, I pastor, and that's easy. You know, uh, uh, you know, running a business, that's easy. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, we need to walk in trusting God and, and follow God in whatever we do and allow Him to shape those things. 
and guide and direct us. See, what God was doing was building an image in him, in Joshua, that, that offset the negatives that he was feeling, sensing, and I'm sure there was that little voice on the inside says, you sure you can do this? You, 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 you sure you're ready for this? You, you know, that, wall, that, uh, that Jericho is big. I mean, the walls are huge, and, and there's, there's people over there that are well-trained, and there's a bunch of them, and you think they're just going to hand over their stuff to you? I mean, all these thoughts, I'm sure, were coming against Joshua. See, there's all these oppositions, these arguments that come against the, 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 the provision of God or the plans of God or what God has promised, what God has said. And you know, uh, we just got to learn to allow the Word of God to offset those arguments and bring in our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Verse 7, he, goes, he says, Be strong and ver very courageous. See, God is speaking to Joshua. He says, Be careful to obey all the law. And the law then was, was God's Word through Moses, which was the laws for us today. It's God's Word. You could, just, you could just understand that. So obey the Word or obey the law my, Moses, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. See, there was a, a responsibility for him to step into what God had given him to do. That's, that's what uh, Clint is, is, is researching and, 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 and planning. He's planning to go. He's willing to go. He, now he's getting that direction. He's getting that, that guidance. He's getting those guidelines. He's getting the pieces put together. But at some point, he's got to be willing to step into a place and do something that he's never done before. Construction's easy. But construction's easy in the conditions that he's in here. You get to those third world countries and it's entirely different. You've, you've done a little bit of that. Any of that? Have you built in another country? No. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, and I, I'm sure you're, you are aware of this, but I, I, I have done that. And you know how we mixed? I was in Costa Rica. Not that I'm experienced. Not, not, I'm not trying to take your, your, your job or anything for real. Uh, but whenever we were in Costa Rica, we were doing ministry, and i got to wrap this up, but we were doing ministry there, and we were building churches up in the mountains of Costa Rica. And I was with another church, and I, and I got to go and serve, and me and our, our middle daughter uh, went with us. And, and this was about maybe 10 years ago or so. And we, we hiked. Uh, we would get hauled from the place we were staying in about a 30-minute drive, and then we'd hike about 30 minutes up to where we would work. And we were building a teaching college to train pastors to plant churches in these mountain villages. Now, these mountain villages were uh, about a three-hour hike across two rivers that we held our, our packs up here and walked in water this deep to get through. And, uh, and we stayed and slept in these villages where, where uh, we got to help build these churches. And we, they literally had chainsaws that had a guide on them, and they would fall these trees, these huge trees, and cut those boards. And we would take those, and they'd cut them thick, and we would take those boards, and we built a, the, the, the peak on this, on this church while our team was there. There were four of us guys that did this. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. I mean, some of you, you, you young guys, everybody would love this, I think. But, but I mean, we, we literally were, were helping them do. We would, OSHA would not have approved, but we, we were, had these cement walls and we would take these boards and they were probably 
they were probably 16 or maybe 20 foot long. And, and we would take these men, another guy would, would be on one end and we'd shove them up across this cement board and they were on a scaffold at the top peak of this church roof where there was a beam that ran across and they would catch them and then put them, set them up on there. Well, how that worked was is we would take them and I'd get on the end of this board and we would run it as hard as we could up this, and it was about an eight foot wall. We'd run it out there up high like this and I would hang on the end of it and it would lift me, it would, I'd slow it down so they could catch it. And, and we did this on all these beams. There was a building about the size of this. And we did that on both sides of that over that three-day period. Now, today I need to work out and get a little more fit and a little more ready to do that today than I did. This might have been close to 15 years ago. But, but we worked like that to do those things. We were doing those things uh, to build. And, and then the way we mixed concrete is they piled some sand and they took some the the concrete stuff and we with with hose and shovels we mixed it on a pallet and then took it in a wheelbarrow over and we poured a floor like that we we, we mixed that i mean man i was i was never so no I, I was it was it was exhausting but we did things in a different way we have to be willing to go and do things sometimes that we're not ready to for comfortable for but understand and know the holy spirit is there to help us with us to strengthen us to enable us to do things we couldn't do before i got on a big old rabbit trail but i'm gonna tell you what that's that's one of part of what is the value of how we see this we gotta, we got to be willing to lay the foundation that God puts before us. And we'll get into this a little bit more next week. But one of, the, one of the key factors that Joshua had to be willing to do in order for this to work is he had to be willing to live as if God, live as if God said so and take God at His word. You know, sometimes we hear God's word you know, God said, "Be strong, be very courageous." God said it four times in that in the, in those passages. He said, "Wherever you, your foot treads, wherever you go, wherever you you'll you'll receive it." You know what? Joshua could have sat back and he could have said, "But God, I can't." But God, how? But God, show me just a little bit more. Or he had to be willing to step up to that river, and put his foot in. And when it, when he did that. God parted the water, not beforehand, but, but when, they, when they stepped forth as God, God had directed. You know, as we get, as we get ready to close, because I ran out of time, but as we close this this morning, I just want to challenge you with that, with that thought. What is before me? What, what is my mind arguing with that God's promised me? Do you struggle sometimes with truly trusting God, surrendering your life to God? Do you, do you ask yourself sometimes, you know, God, but, but what if? You know, let's just close in prayer. And Father, we just come before you today. And, and Lord, we just ask that, that you'd enable us to, to see as you see. And to realize that, that God, when we make Jesus Lord of our lives, that we're no longer alone. But Lord, we're with you, you with us. That, Lord God, your word says that when we ask Jesus into our heart, that, Lord, we, we literally are born again. Our spirit man is born again. We're changed. We're made new. And then we're able to, to have the Holy Spirit live inside us so that we can have a God 
you, you, Lord God, with us wherever we go. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that you're not there to, to uh, control and dictate our life, but you're there to help us to surrender to your will, your plan, your purpose, so that we're transformed and changed into what you would desire us to be. And I thank you, Father God, that that's good. That, Lord, your, your, your plan, your purpose for our lives is, is good. And, Lord, we're going to entrust our lives to you. And, Lord, just as Joshua was willing to hear you, you speak, I pray that these people that hear this message would be willing to hear you speak today. And, Lord, if they're, if they're born again and they're, they've made Jesus Lord and they're, about, they're, they're trying to go through a new phase of life or stepping into and facing things that they've never faced before, I pray, Lord God, that they continue to grow in following your voice, your leadership, allowing you to make them strong and of good courage. And, Father, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Lord, has not true, truly surrendered their life to you, and they're ready to do that, that, Lord God, they'll make that decision in their heart today. That they'll say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need your help. And Lord God, I give you my life. I confess you as Lord and become my Savior. And that, Lord God, I pray that as they pray that prayer in their heart, that they'll, they'll realize, come to realize the power of that free gift of salvation and the provision you made on the cross, and that, Father, as they do that, that, Lord God, you'll begin that process of growing them into the image that you have of, for them. Father, I praise you and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.